0: It's really cool to be back with you guys again. I've seen a lot of you lately. Um, we had an amazing first service. It was such a it was such a powerful, just spirit led time. And you know, sometimes I, I almost don't like having a great first service. Um, <laughs> Because you know, I you know, like I've shared the last couple times I've been here, ah, first service just wasn't there, so let's pray, and you know, and then we had an amazing time here, you know. Then I let off for third service, and it's bad again. Um, but but when it, uh, you know, sometimes when uh, God does something so powerful, first service. Uh, as a pastor, you, you want to recreate that the second time. Like, okay, God, I want it just like last time. And so you do everything exactly the same. And it never works, you know. And you, and you just learn, okay, God, you, you, you're a creator, okay. You're not a duplicator. You're a creator. And there's a different group of people in here. They may need a different word. You may want to do different things. And it's so important for me to, you know, just even beforehand saying, God, I don't know what you have for this service. We had an amazing time last week, um, but that doesn't mean anything. It's right now you are the I am, not I will be or I was. It's just I am and what do you currently want to do in this service. And so my prayer is I'd love for you even right now, just in your own mind, recognizing the presence of God is here with us. He's with you. He's in his, on his throne in heaven like we just sang about, yet somehow he hears us right now, even if it's not even, you don't even have to audibly say it, but just say, God, you, right now, Lord, speak to me. Do what you want to do right now in my life. Direct Francis's lips to say whatever you want him to say, this service. Don't let him get caught up in a routine or whatever else. This is almighty God um, who is with us. I I know when we were singing that heaven song, it just brought me back to reality again, that this is not about me, this is not about you, Here's this this God, as we were singing about, just in this, these, these brilliant colors, the rainbows, the, the angels, the lightning, the thunder, this being who existed way before you were ever created. You're not going to change the world. You're not going to mess up the world. You, you know, he's just been in control, and it's just so good to humble ourselves. You know, the the world tells you, you know, no, think, think big thoughts about yourself and who you are and, and, and that'll give you confidence. And yet to me, it's like, no, when I, when I humble myself and I realize that it's not about me, that's what gives me confidence. That's what gives me peace because then I realized, okay, that God is my shepherd, and okay? that God is the one who has led me, you know, to these green pastures and still waters and paths of righteousness. That God is the one that's going to restore my soul even now. It's like, okay, I can take a deep breath and go, everything's going to be fine. My God's in control. I can be confident, and so I, I, I sure hope that this um, time in Psalm 23, that I, I know we're wrapping it up in a sense Uh, But this is such a powerful passage and I don't want you to wrap it up in your life. I want you to get this and I, I pray that it continues and sticks with us. I know for me, every time I quote it, I have more peace. You know, it's one of those, those things where the more I hear it, the more I say it, i got to keep reminding myself. That's right. There's What, what can hurt me? I, I, I can walk through the valley of shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Yeah, goodness and mercy. They're going to follow me the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord forever and ever. I, I don't have to worry. And every time I say it, it's like, oh. This is good, this is good, this is good. So I thank God that in his sovereignty, he had me preach this passage and has had me studying it for weeks and had me just quoting it over and over and over to myself because every time I do it, there's, there's a power to the word itself. So I, I would love it if we would just all say it together. Um, and so we're gonna put the words on the screen and could you just stand out of just reverence for the word of God? And But let's not just say it. Let's not just say these words. Let's think about what we're saying and really mean it for ourselves. Let's say these words to each other as a proclamation of this is what we believe. Let's say it as a proclamation to God. But let's, let's just say these words. These are inspired words of God. And let's just recite it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. You know, I just just look at this right now. I just noticed it this week, but look at how this psalm changes. First, it's just this, he's talking about God. He says, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want, you know. Here's what he does for me. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. He makes me walk in these paths of righteousness, all for his name's sake. But, but then after that, look what he says. He goes, even though I walk in the valley, of the shadow of death, he goes, I'll fear no evil. And look what he does. He's, he, he stops just talking about God and he speaks to him. He goes, because you're with me. You know, so first he's just saying, "Our God so good? He, he, he's my shepherd. He, he leads me besides the waters. Haven't you experienced that? Hasn't, hasn't he just led you, you know, and made you lie down? these green pastures. He's good, isn't he? And even if I walk in the valley of shadow, then he just kind of looks at God and goes, I'm going to fear no evil because you're with me your rod he's just looking at God and saying, your rod you're all, all powerful God and and, and and I feel so protected by you and, and he says and you're the one that you prepare this table before me you know in the, in, in, in the presence of my enemies and then he looks back at the and he goes man I know I know goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the rest of, the of my life and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever but I, I, I notice that pause in the middle though where he speaks to him and, and I thought, you know, we can sit in this room and talk about him all day and forget that he's right here and we have access to him. And for me to tell you, you know what, our God is good. Our God is good. But to take pauses and just go, man, God, you are so good to us. You're the one that brought all these people in this room. You know every single thing about every single person. There are people here where this was the hardest week of their life, and you know it, God, and I want you to just just to bless them, for you to speak to them in a way that I can't because you are in this room. You are the creator. You're sitting on your throne with all those angels and somehow you're stooping over and you, you see what goes on in this room. And I'm just asking you, God, for this service, for those in Ventura, you see them. You're looking at them right now. God, just bless us. Bless us with your presence. Bless us with your spirit just moving in us. Bless us as we read your word. May it just fill us like you intended. God, because you've already taken us through so much. You are so good. You are so good. We can't imagine life without you. How miserable we would be, God, if your son Jesus did not die for us. And all of us were just in this room just awaiting your judgment. But God, your grace, your mercy, you saved us. When we deserve the punishment, you, you put your son on a cross for us. And when we doubt, you, you raised him from the dead. He resurrected so that we have nothing to fear because of what you have done. And we have gathered here for you, God, because you are our shepherd. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a seat. You know, we had such a cool time last week, uh, last Sunday, a great experience, you know, here in this room, hopefully it's true in Ventura as well, especially during this service. Um, but how did it affect you the rest of the week? I mean, honestly, was your week different last week? Was there a courage about you throughout the week? Because that's, that's what matters to me. It's like, okay, that's good. We had a good time here. That, that's good. We, 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 we studied the word of God. Great time of worship. But then what, what changed? Because a lot of times, you know, in, in our gatherings, we pray, okay, God, do something here. But when you look in scripture, it was more about God, do something out there. Okay? And take us from here and do amazing things. And they were in awe of what God did all week long, not about this one little gathering. And so when you thought through Psalm 23, did you think through Psalm 23 the rest of the week? Because for me, it was great. For me, I I was like, wow, this is so good. All week long, I had just this new fearlessness. I loved it. This new courage. I mean, this last week was different for me. I walked around all week just going, you know, thinking about what we talked about last Sunday. And thinking about that Philippians 1, about how the world's going to know when we are fearless. It's when when, when we're not afraid of anything. Then they're going to know that we're right about this Jesus. We're right about this God. We're right about this king who's going to come back and judge and so my fearlessness my courage my not being afraid of anything is very important and satan wants to take that away from me and so all week long everything that came my way i just kept going okay no i'm not gonna be afraid of that I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of anything. Nothing scares me. Well, you know, someone's going to kill me. Ooh, you know, don't kill me. I don't want to go to heaven. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, there's nothing. There's nothing. That's, that's what the Psalm is about. It's like, God, you're rod, you're staff. And so whatever comes my way. And so it really caused me to live differently this week. It really caused me to go, okay, God, I'm not going to be afraid of this. You know what? Sometimes, okay, I'm supposed to talk to that person about Jesus. You know, I'd start to feel those nervous feelings. I go, no, I'm not afraid. The God of the universe is with me. You know, I, I you know I was out here, you know, by the beach the other day and just, just looking at the mountains and everything, going, man, I, I know him. I know that God. I'm flying in an airplane, just looking at the clouds and going, man, I know the God who created all of this. And just this fearlessness of whatever God was calling me to do. See, that's the point of us getting in the word here, is that it would cause you to live a life where I don't wanna be afraid. I don't wanna be afraid ever again. It just felt so good to be unafraid this week of anything God would throw in my way. And it's not just about these enemies that it's talking about here in Psalm 23. It's just anything. In fact, on Monday, I mean, the Lord took me in a whole different direction and and opened my eyes to things. On Monday, I flew out to Nashville to film this TV show that was um, raising awareness of, of all the orphans around the world. And uh, that, that there's over 140 million orphans in the world right now. 140 million, okay. And then the Bible says that true religion is when we, as followers, would care for those widows and orphans. And, and, and then, then we talked about how even just here in the U.S., there are half a million kids, half a million in the foster care system. And right now, about 120,000 of them have nowhere to go. No one will take them in. And I'm going, that doesn't make sense if there's supposedly millions of Christians in this country. And he said, here's true religion, care for the orphans. And so as I'm teaching this stuff, and, and uh, you know, it, it was a bunch of Christian organizations getting together, um, focus on the family, family life today, you know, Stephen Chris Chapman, his foundation, and it's just, let's, let's, let's get these kids out of the foster system. Let's love them. Let's, let's show true religion. Let's there's it, it, kids from overseas. Let's do everything we can as believers. And um, but, but what was cool was Monday night, we just had a dinner with all the the different people that were involved, and you saw these families that took in kids from all around the world, some of the special needs kids, all different types of children. And you just go, wow, this is, this is a beautiful, beautiful picture. You know how there's certain people where just by hanging out with them, they're so close to the Lord that you're encouraged and you're also convicted at the same time. And that's, that's the way it was for my wife and I. And, uh, but 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 Monday night we were talking to this gal, Emily Chapman. Emily is a daughter of Stephen and Curtis, Stephen and Curtis, <laughs> Stephen Curtis and Mary Beth Chapman. Um, and some of you guys don't know who they are. He, he was like, he was like Christian rock star years ago. I mean, he's still holding on, but yeah. it, it, it's, uh, no, no, I love him, I love him, I love him. Um, but, uh, but. They, they've started this foundation where they've been adopting kids from China and, and helping other people just raise the funds, you know, to get these kids from China. And, uh, but you know where it all started was with Emily, their daughter Emily. She was 11 years old and she talked to her parents and said, Mom, Dad, I really think we're supposed to be adopting kids um, from overseas that have no parents. I just think it's biblical and her parents were like, eh, you, know, you know, it just... It just you know, her mom's telling me the story. She goes, it's just, it's not in me. I I just, that's, that's not not me. She goes, then her daughter writes them a letter, okay, at 11 years old and says, and she's like quoting it to him. She's like, mom and dad, it could be that you guys are in sin right now. (laughs) And that, listen, and that you are resisting the will of God. She's, this is what she writes in a letter. There are so many people with needs out there, so many of these kids who don't have parents, and look at everything we have. She goes, I really believe it's the will of God that we start looking into this and take in some of these kids. Then she has her two little brothers sign the letter. <laughs> They're like seven, you know, like eight and seven, and they sign as witnesses. And so her mom's telling me she gets this letter from her 11-year-old daughter and shows it, you know, to her husband going... Oh, man, you know, what do we do? But that's how this whole thing got started. And so then they took in a little girl, and then they had to take another little girl, and another little girl, and then they started just spreading the word, and then they started this orphanage out there in China, you know, and just taking in these kids and get helping other people adopt them, you know, these, these kids that no one else wants. And so now they got this thriving ministry. all started from this 11-year-old girl. And so we're, we're having dinner. We're talking. My wife and I are talking to Emily, and who's like 20-something now, and... Uh, And and I just said, you know, Lisa and I, we're we're totally open to whatever. I go, "Uh, you you know, we're, we, we've gone through the foster parenting thing, you know, Ventura County, and we're just, you know, but now we're moving to LA County, and the stuff doesn't transfer. I go, so we can, we can just, we'll, we'll take in whatever, you know. I, I go, in fact, we're going to be in Hong Kong. We're going to be in China in, in, in a couple of months, and, and we're open to overseas, whatever, whatever. And I go, can we visit the orphanage out there? She like, absolutely. And then she goes, you know, when I think of you guys, I, I already have a little boy in mind there in China. She goes, is this boy named Isaac. He's, he's about two years old. You know, my heart's just getting excited. Like, all right. You know, because I, I said, we prayed. We were like, God, if you want, you know, bring someone to us. Just have specific kids. You know, just just, just make it happen, and we'll take them in. And, and so she's like, oh. I think this is it. I, I, I don't know why. He just pops into my mind. When I think of you guys, you'll love him. He, he just, he, he just, he has so much life. He just, he just got this joy. I think he would just jump right into your family. He would just fit in and everything else. And so my wife and I are like, yes, 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 yes. And then she goes, you know, and, and he has this thing where uh, when he was born, there's something wrong with his spinal cord. And so he, he can't walk. And so he just scoots around on his hands and, and, uh, and she's just going on, and that night, you know, after the dinner, I, I looked at my wife. We ended up having a long talk. I go, did you feel what I felt? Like, were you all excited? And then when she said, he, he can't walk, did your heart just sink? And were you just faced with so much selfishness that you, you just didn't even know was in there? She was like, yeah. She goes, I just felt sick? Like, Lord. What in the world? I'm so selfish. And even in this here I am thinking I'm so loving, so loving and then he throws that at us and and you just start thinking, "Wait, that's a real inconvenience. That's going to change the rest of my life." And we just had a long, long talk that night and just went for a walk and I I said yet at the same time I go, "I don't feel any peace about saying no now." you know because i mean the lord didn't adopt us because he looked down and said oh look at francis he's so perfect he never sins he just you know i'll take him <laughs> I, I, I go how in the world could we be? you know but it was one of those times where you just recognize you know how there's times when you think oh, i'm walking with the lord i'm walking i'm good i'm good i'm good and then god just reveals this ugliness in your heart you know, and I was telling my wife, just being honest, and her, same thing with me, like, wow, here I was thinking, wow, look how compassionate I am. I was willing to fly to Nashville and, and talk about orphans. I'm even willing to take one in. You know, I'm really godly. I'm Francis Chan. I wrote Crazy Love. You know, it's just, and, and God's just going, oh, yeah, yeah, you're just so godly, aren't you? You know, are there, are there limits to your love? as as we met these couples who were taking in kids that they only had like a couple months to live. Like the kids were just mentally, physically, but they said, no, we wanna take anyone, especially these ones that maybe only have a few months or years left on this earth because we wanna give them the greatest life possible. We wanna show them the love of God. We want them to just experience God during the last few days on this earth. And you're with these people and you go, you know what, that's the love of Christ right there. And, um, but it was this Psalm 23 of, of this, you know, even if I walk through the valley, of the shadow of death, even if my enemies are against me and, and, and even if Lord, you've called me to some difficult things on this life, I know you're with me. I know that you sh- that goodness and mercy are going to follow me and I say, God, you know what? You brought this to, you know, at our feet. And so this is a good thing and it's gonna be a great thing and I've seen what you've done with other families that have opened up their hearts and so thank you for exposing me but also now God make me into the person that can can be a great dad for this kid and any other kids you bring my way and uh, and so it's like okay you guys let's start the paperwork let's see what let's see what happens as you start going and but but I'm not afraid God you've done so many good things This is a great thing it's a beautiful child, your beautiful creation. How could it not be great? You say it's always more blessed to give than to receive. And so let's let's go for it. But I got to tell you, Psalm 23 is not just about this this thing we go through for a few weeks. It's about, look, I, I don't have to be afraid of anything on this earth. And I certainly don't need to fear the will of God even though it may be dangerous, even though it may be painful, even though it may cause it may, uh, a lot of difficult times on this planet, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. You know, I'm going to do something right now that's it's a little, um, I don't know if it's for me or for you. Um, my little girl, my little girl, my oldest girl, uh, my 14-year-old Rachel, this is crazy. Okay. This, this last week she's been up in, uh, in, in Portland and and she's recording her first album which is, was like a random thing like three weeks ago we weren't even thinking about it it wasn't a pursuit it wasn't anything it was just God threw it in her hand I'm like what? that's weird you know let's I guess well, let's walk down this path but on Monday or Tuesday she I chatted me she goes dad you gotta listen to this song that we just wrote and because uh, she's like writing a song every day right now and uh And when she sang it for me, it was everything we talked about last Sunday. And she wasn't here. She had no clue what was going on. And she had no clue what I was teaching. But this whole thing about courage and not being afraid, I was like, honey, that is so good. So then I was like, hey, I want to share it with the church that I'm going to be speaking at on Sunday. I goes, any way you can, like, video yourself on a little iPhone or something and then shoot it to me? So last night at midnight, you know, (laughs) you know, because she loves her daddy, you know, she... uh, (laughs) So I know, a little narcissistic, but I'm so proud of my little girl. So I, uh, but the song, it really did administer to me throughout the week. I'm going, wow, that is crazy. As I'm teaching this, and God just has this theme in my mind, he inspires you to write this song. And so it's cool. We're just going to watch her real quick, a couple minutes. Here's, uh, her name's Rachel. I, I, I now call her Chana Montana. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. This totally stinks. <laughs> just it's saying. cold out.
0: Tell them we're outside. It's freezing and, and it's cold
1: and I don't yeah. like it. Okay, just kidding. Ready? Hey, guys. Um, so Mr. Lubin and just I. Just the guys.
0: Start hey, Oh, everybody.
1: my gosh. Okay. <laughs> just
0: kidding. Forget about it. Just be yourself and let's do it one time. Here we go.
1: Look at me. I'm crying. You can't record it right now because I'm crying.
0: Forget about Hold it. Hold on. You're making, your da- you're making your daughter cry, Francis. Is
1: <gasps> still recording? Yeah. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> hey everyone Mr. Lubin and I have just written a song called Even Here And um, it's talking about how we can have joy No matter where we are And that we don't need to fear anything Because Jesus didn't give us a spir- spirit of timidity But of power So we're going to sing this song One, two, three, go I know your pain I hear your cry I've been there too promise not to leave you Soon you will see what I can see Child, keep your eyes on me You're right where you should be But don't fear anything Cause I'm here and I can bring you joy Even here I'll bring you joy There's a reason for everything season I can bring you joy, even here I'll bring you joy. This narrow road will lead you home, follow the faithful few. Who I finished strong before you, I can't promise you'll be free from pain until you see my face. But I'll help you run the race So don't fear anything Cause I'm here and I can bring you joy Even here From my love There is no power strong enough To keep me from you So don't fear anything Cause I'm here And I can bring you joy
0: It's just so fun for me as dad, you know, like, wow, you're, you're pretty good. Um, but I, you know, I'm always hesitant. It's like, okay, is she as good as I think she is? Because I really like that. And I get scared, though, because I remember when she was born, I thought she was like this really cute baby. And I was like, whoa, isn't she cute? Is she? And I look at pictures now. <laughs> she was probably our ugliest. I mean, as, no, seriously, as a baby, and I remember just going around, wow, look how cute she is, look how cute. She was not a cute baby. No, my wife and I, we just go, wow, remember that how embarrassing we're, you know, we're so proud. No, not embarrassing like, embarrassing of us that we thought all- my brother was the only one that was honest, you know. And and it was when she was like two, he's like, Wow, she's actually cute now. I go, What do you mean now? He goes, Wow, she's just so big and blah, you know. And, and so then when, that was when we look back, and we're like, wow, he was right, you know. <laughs> so now I go, wow, she's a really good singer, you know, right? You know? <laughs> and I'm just scared to even think that, because it's like, oh, we're going to hear it 10 years from now and go, wow, she wasn't that good. Um, but she, she's good, right? She's good. Okay, all right, all right. Okay. Regardless, I... I uh, that song that melody just been ringing in my head you know don't fear anything, don't fear anything, don't fear anything. Even here, I'll bring you joy. And just all through the week, it's like as everything came up, I just thought, no, that's, that's Psalm 23. we got to live this out. Don't fear anything, don't fear anything. I mean, that's this whole idea of when he says, here's the, the, the pr- in the presence of my enemies. They're in verse 5, where, where we're looking at He goes, you prepare this table before me. And, and another thing I was realizing this week, okay, Here here David is saying, look, you you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Okay, it's this picture, he switches from this shepherd picture to this picture of a host where where he says, hey, come on in, and, and uh, you know what, I'm gonna put, I'll I present a table here, the food's all ready for you. He anoints his head with oil, and I've looked at this several times, I still don't totally get it. I mean, I understand back then, it was something they just did. Um, like, that's why Jesus, remember, when uh, the host of that one house was kind of going, man, you know, look at her, she's on her feet, you know, I mean, on her face, her hair, she's scrubbing your, your feet with perfume, and, and, and Jesus looks at the host and goes, look, I came in, you didn't even anoint my head with with oil. And look what she's doing. And you're, you're going to criticize her? So there was something normal about this habit of, of a, it was supposedly some soothing, I don't get it. It's like, do you really want me to pour oil on your head when you come to my house? You know, but back then it was just, it was a customary, it was just a respectful, it's just what you did for someone. And so so here's his point is, look, God, you're like this amazing host. Even when enemies are pursuing me, it's like you, you just go, hey, don't worry about them. I, I got a table set for you. Let me launch your head like like nothing's really happening out there. Because don't worry about your enemies. I got them taken care of. I got my guards. I got my people. They're not going to get through to you. Here, let me just make you dinner. Let me let me pour some oil on your head, and you know, let me let me uh, pour you, you you a cup of wine until it's overflowing. And so you just picture this person sitting at this table with this feast before him and God Almighty serving him, pouring him this drink. And meanwhile, everyone's trying to kill this guy. And the host is just going, don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. You go, wow, that is such a, an amazing picture. I want to live that way. And, 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 and the thing I was recognizing is, okay, that first picture, David totally understood because he was a shepherd, right? So we understood leading through sheep and everything else. But what I was noticing this week was I thinking, man, preparing, having a table prepared in the presence of enemies, David totally understood that also. This is not, I mean, because that seems like this hyperbolic picture, like, come on, really? You're going to be sitting at a table and, and not even worrying about your enemies, just eating? But David got to experience that. If you remember, remember when Saul was trying to kill him. You remember? And David was running for his life, you know, or so he thought. So he's like, oh, Saul's going to kill me. Saul's going to kill me. And remember what happens when, when, uh, when David hides in the, in the cave. What does God do? Remember, he sends Saul into the cave. But Saul was not looking for David in the cave, right? What was Saul going in the cave to do? Go ahead, say it. Yes, poop. So... <laughs> It's, it's a comical picture when you read it. I, you know, when you read, you're like, wow, that is so weird. I, is that story in the Bible? So literally, he goes in this cave, and here David is, thinking, the king is after me. And what do I do? He's hiding in a cave, and then suddenly, oh, my gosh, is that him? You know? And then, you know, he's squatting down, and David's just like, oh, my God. It's just this whole picture and you remember the story how david just cuts the edge of the robe off and and so that when saul leaves you know david wanted to show him look god's with me i wasn't gonna hurt you but i could have look at this i I cut the edge of your robe off you know i and and it's it's a it's a it's a crazy story think about this I mean, can you imagine that scene of, of David coming out of the cave? You know, after Saul's gone, and he goes, "Hey, do not go in there." You know, <laughs> but but look, you know, it's like can't you see? God's God's all over me. God's watching over me. I, I could have done anything, but I wasn't going to hurt the Lord's anointed. And it was it, it's it's a ridiculous story, and that's why David can write the psalm, and he goes. I don't have anything to be afraid of. I have the king trying to kill me. Okay, that's a little scary. And yet even then God says, don't worry about it. I'll deliver him in the, in the craziest way possible because I'm in charge here. And so, he, so then you understand why David goes, you guys trust me. I, I was a shepherd and, and I know what I did with the sheep. That's what God's done with me. And he goes, you don't even have to fear when your enemies are after you. He'll set a table before you. He'll, he'll put them in your hands. You don't even have to do anything. I wasn't even after Saul. I wasn't like trying to outmaneuver him or this or that. God just placed him there. And so I could just eat while my enemies are pursuing me. And I thought, wow, what a what a beautiful picture. And he says, my, my cup overflows. See, we're gonna have some uh, enemies in life. If you don't, then you're probably not really speaking up for the things of God and God says, but you, you don't have to worry about them. You just speak up, you live for me, and you do what's right. I'll lead you down these paths of righteousness for my name's sake, and I'll protect you for my name's sake, or I'll bring you home for my name's sake. You just don't worry about anything. Don't fear anything. And it's very easy in a room like this to talk about this and go, okay, yeah. we are not afraid, God is in control. We sing songs about God's sovereignty, how everything's in his hands, he's in control, he is sovereign. But then when life starts happening, that's, that's when uh, it's hard to really accept some of these things. I, I mean, Psalm 139 says that all the days of my life were ordained for me. They were written in your book before even one of them came to be. Okay, so God knew. Okay, this is what we mean when we say God is sovereign, God is in control, God is omniscient. We mean that God knew that I would be in this room this week. God knew that Britt Kate, Isaiah, Daisy would be going through all of that. God knows the outcome of everything. He knew you would be in this room today. God knew everything that was gonna happen in my life. And they were all ordained before even one of them came to be. That's a crazy verse there in, in, uh, in, in Psalm 139, that it was all written in his book before even one of them came to be. So it, it, it's, it's, it's like this. When you go to the, when you go to the market and uh, you're going to go buy some milk, okay? and you go, okay, I want 1% low fat. So you go to 1% low fat, and then what do you look for? expiration date, yeah, oh yeah, price, (laughs) yeah, oh, maybe I'll just buy a little sip, Uh, no, but, but expiration date was the right answer, um, (laughs) you, you look for, I forget, there's college students in here, expiration date, you look for the expiration date, and, uh, why, because if it's in a few days, you don't buy, you're like, well, that's going to go sour in a couple of days, it just magically dies that day, and, uh, But when I read that that Psalm, Psalm 139, and I come to that verse where it says, all my days were ordained for me, and they're written in your book before even one of them came to be. See, when I read that, I go, okay, so that means when I was born, God basically stamped an expiration date on me at that moment. Like he says, this is how long I want Francis Chan on the earth. And on this date, it's gonna be over. He's not gonna change that. No one's gonna change that. It's just settled. It was done before I was even born, before even one day came to be. So that means each of us has an expiration date that God set forth. Now, what do you think your actual date is? Just try to think, try to pick a date. (laughs) See if you're a prophet. (laughs) And if you are, you don't get to enjoy it. Um, But but see see if... uh, See if there's that, you can't even begin to think, right? You just go, well, it could be any day. It could be today, it could be 10 years from now. I don't don't know. But just knowing that, knowing that it's already set forth, there's nothing to fear. It's like, God, I'm not going to change that. There was a plan. It wasn't about me and my little world here, but you and your sovereignty before it all happened. And so David says, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear anything. One of my the favorite blessings of being a follower of Jesus is I don't fear death. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great thought? It's like, wow, I'm not scared to die. In fact, to die is gain, Scripture says. And, and I believe that in my heart. I can't wait for that day. It's like, wow, that can't come soon enough. Wow, there's going to be a time when I, I can just, because I don't really die. I, that, that's just so cool. I never really die. I, you know, yeah, my body stops working, or whatever. But I, I live on, and I'm in the presence of God, and suddenly all the pain and every, that's such a blessing. I mean, that, that's for me, anyways. That's like one of my greatest blessings. I don't have to fear coming before this God and and the judgment by Him. That that Jesus paid for that. So all I have for the future is is, is looking forward to that. So the valley, of shadow of death. So what? So what? It, it's wow, this is good. My, my whole life is set out before me. And so if God leads me in a dangerous situation, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not going to change the, the future. It's not going to change whether I die or not. He's, he's got that all set up. And so let me just live for the kingdom and not fear anything. Not fear anything because he's here. And, and he can bring me this joy, this peace, this confidence. It's just a good, good thing. And, and so, and he says, you know, and so, so surely, of, of course, goodness and mercy. It's, it's kind of weird because, okay, first he, he's speaking to the crowd, right? And kind of, it seems like, hey, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Then he directs it right to God. He goes, you lead me through the valley of shadow of death. You prepare this table before my enemies. And then here in in verse 6, he switches. And now he's he's addressing this, this girl named Shirley. And he says, Shirley, goodness and mercy. I'm just kidding. I was stupid. But... um, (laughs) Everyone's like, really? He really thinks that? No, I don't. Okay, he's just saying, but, but that word surely is, is of course. Of course. Look at everything he's done. And he goes, I know, of course. If he, he, all my life, God, you've led me by these still waters. All my life, you've protected me from my enemies. I still remember that thing in the cave. You know, just everything is all so good. And he goes, so what's the rest of my life going to look like? Is he going to switch now? And not be a good shepherd, not be a good, he goes, I, I know, goodness and mercy, they're going to follow me. And this word follow does not just mean like it keeps a, a few steps behind. The word follow here is the word pursue, like, like goodness and mercy. They're like chasing me. It's like I can't even get away from God's goodness. And he goes, man, the rest of my life is set. The rest of my life is set. I don't have to worry about the rest of my life. I've seen what he's done. I've seen that he's a good shepherd. I see that he's a good host. So of course, that's what the word surely means. Of course. How, How can I doubt the future? goodness and mercy. They're going to be chasing after me like they've been doing it all, all through my life. I didn't ask for this. God just threw his blessing on me. Think about all the greatest things in your life. Think about your, your relationship with God. Was it really you that worked it all out and your holiness? No, it was God's goodness, his mercy that's been after you all this time. He's been relentless with his love and his pursuit of you to bless you in this way. So he says, they're going to keep chasing me the rest of my life. I'm good, and then he says, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, he goes, and and then, and then it's going to get even crazier, he goes, because just like his presence is with me now, wait till I die, Uh, he goes, talk about the presence of the Lord, here, here he's talking about the temple, it's the house of the Lord, that's where the presence of God was, and he says, you know, I'm going to be in that presence of God forever, forever, and so why fear, you guys, we live in a time right now i mean how many people do you talk to on the average day who are excited about the future our world has a very bleak look at the future because they're looking at things of the earth and going "Oh man there's no recovering from this economy i mean this is this first time in my life where i'm going i don't think there's recovery from this one you know we're going down then you then you start looking at the terrorists and everything else you go we can't squash this thing it's 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 going down okay and and for me I just go you know what this is good there revival can come out of this and people are start going wow it's not about this comfort here on this earth it's really gonna happen and I gotta get serious about the right things and I go wow God! if this will bring more people to you and understand this joy that, that you have man this is great cuz I'm okay I'm not afraid of it you know and and the world says when we as believers do that they're gonna see they're gonna go okay I think these guys are onto something. I mean, they, they really are confident. They really are afraid of nothing, and they don't—they're not so in love with the things of this earth. What is it? And we go, well, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is—this is fine with me. It's good with me. I mean, I, here's the last that I want to, to leave you with, because I mean, it's been great being with you the, the last three weeks, or whatever. But I, I don't. I don't know what the future is. I don't know where you know what's going to happen. We're going to go overseas for a while, and who knows? I, I don't, don't have any plans to ever be back here, and, and i just praying. I'm going, Kick okay, God, what do you want me to say? Because it's been so good. I feel like, wow, it's just been a few weeks, and I already feel... At home here, and that's that's what happens when you're with other believers. You, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, this feels right. This already feels like family. I was telling Brett, I'm like, it's weird. I don't even know these guys, but I feel like I can just walk up, like, hey, it's my church. Go away, Britt. You know, hey, let me take. It, it's just there's just this sense in which it's growing actually with you gone. Okay, so so it's just this. <laughs> I said, there's just like, ah, this is home, this is good. You know, wherever the body of Christ is, there's a sense of family. And But I'm, I'm praying through the psalm, and I'm praying that you guys wouldn't just hear it here and it have to do nothing during the week. And I'm thinking, okay, God, what do you, what do you want me to say to them? Because um, who knows? Who knows if we'll see each other on the earth? But here's the here's thought that I just want to present to you. Um, if everyone would, would just... Uh, Look at me right now. Stop texting. Stop whatever you're doing. Um, and just, just look at me just for, for, for a few minutes. Um, isn't it a weird thought? That some of us, say so we're looking at each other right now. That some of us, I'll be looking at you a hundred years from now. Think about that. And see how we're, we're looking at each other right now? It's, yeah, get used to this. Just, <laughs> that's an amazing thought to me. That those of you who are my brothers and sisters in Christ, like literally 200 years from now, will still be laughing. Like this is reality. I, I didn't mean that, no, no. I didn't, that <laughs> just came out, but but you, know, like the word, that, that this is, like, seriously, like, you're my brother, you're my sister, and it is a crazy thought that a hundred years from now, we'll be looking at each other a thousand years from now, a thousand years from now, and we'll still be talking about how great our shepherd is, like, this isn't, this isn't for this week or this series, it, it's for us just to go, Wait. We're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Like we already know this is going to happen a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now. So what am I afraid of right now? We'll be laughing. We'll be talking. We'll actually know each other, you know, and have time for each other. And, and we'll be going, gosh, remember? <laughs> remember that time when we used to live on, you know, the, the earth we used to be a part of? Remember the... That, that little room when, when uh, you tried to preach Psalm 23 and you, you were just all over the place. Remember that? And, and we can just look back as this memory and go, man, it was so worth it, wasn't it? You remember when we just looked at each other and said, okay, let's, let's be courageous and let's live the rest of our lives fearless. Let's, let's do this for the Lord. Remember when we said that to each other and we just kind of covenanted it and said, look, God's been good to us. And now here we are a hundred years later and we're still laughing about it and talking about it, and a thousand years from now, going, man, we were pers- we persevered, we made it through. I mean, think about David right now and what he's doing, okay? Where he's for hundreds of years going, man, he understands the Lord being his shepherd better than ever. He understands it all. Probably when he wrote this, he didn't even get it completely. And now he's just going, man, I, trust me, you wanna talk about still waters, you wanna talk about green pastures, you want to talk about dwelling in the house of the Lord. I get it now. And I've gotten it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And for us, just to know, that's coming for us, you guys. And the Bible says, you be faithful even unto death, and you'll receive this crown of life. God's promised this to those who love him. And so that, that's, that's what I want to part with you guys, is to say, look, this is the real thing, okay? This is one moment in time, in this current state of the world that we're in. But what David's talking about is forever. And that's what gives us peace. That's what gives us joy through the rest of our days on earth. That's what gives us courage because we know what's coming. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And then we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And my prayer is that this sticks with you. My prayer is that you remember these words, and that I really do see your face again, Um, maybe here, maybe maybe in eternity, um, whatever that looks like. I just know it'll be good. And so I'm just I'm just going to pray over you. I mean, we're going to have some time to remember the cross that uh, that allows us to 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 have confidence like this. Um, And there'll be people here to pray with you afterwards if you need. But before we worship, I just want to pray over you. I want to pray that this sticks, because this is not a little lesson. This is a, this is a life. This is, this is about courage. And I'm telling you, just experiencing in the last few weeks just more and more courage, I just go, God, I don't want to forget this one, because I forget so many things. Don't you? It's like, man, I forgot that lesson, that lesson, that lesson. Okay, this one I don't want to forget, because living courageously, being fearless is wonderful. Let's pray. God, we love being your children. We love being your sheep. We love sitting at your table. Even as we take of your table, of the body and blood of Jesus, Lord, we're just reminded that there's nothing to fear. If if you didn't spare your only son what won't you give us how could we want anything more father thank you for being in control of everything god now i pray for everyone in this room god for those who don't know you may they just see that this is not just some sort of self-help group may they experience you and know that you are real and you're not someone that we're just making up to make ourselves feel better. May they experience you like we have and see that this is not make-believe. And God, for those who are believers in this room that are going through the craziest times right now, may they have a peace that the world just does not get. May they truly be fearless this week, knowing that you are our God, you are our shepherd. Please, Lord, Lord, Burn in us through Your Holy Spirit the teachings of this psalm. May it never leave us, and may we live courageous and fearless lives. Please continue to be with the Merricks. May they live fearlessly. In Jesus' name, Amen.